Well, howdy, folks. Welcome to Michael Perry's voicemail, episode number 101, or as we would say where I'm from, episode number 101. Out the window of my little room above the garage here, I can see a few buds on the maples, but they are struggling, and they're struggling in a cold wind. So far, spring is slow going. So this is episode number 101. I've never been one for celebrations or big moves. I'm a solid fan of the everyday, the steady groove, the, the quotidian. I used that word in a newspaper column one time and someone wrote me a note and said I should stop using big words like that. In short, I disagree. It's a beautiful word. It's a fun word. It's got cool rhythm to it. Quotidian. Anyways, uh, just because this is episode number 101 doesn't mean I'm going to shoot off fireworks or do, as they say, a reimagining. On the other hand, I have said again and again that I do not take your time, your listeners' ears, your readers' eyes for granted. So, because we've passed the 100-episode mark, for this episode and the next, um, I, years ago, wrote a book on how to be a freelance writer. The irony of that was I think I'd been freelancing for <laughs> maybe a year, maybe two, and my income was in the high four figures. But this publisher asked if I wanted to write a book on how to be a successful freelance writer. And as a freelance writer, one of the ways you become successful is that you only ever say, yes, yes, I can. And so I wrote this book. It's still floating around out there somewhere. And um, a couple of years ago, I started rereading it just to see if I'd learned anything or if any of it was still applicable. And that got me to reflecting. And I started a memoir about writing and becoming a writer that may or may not ever see print. But I thought what I'd do uh, for the next two episodes is to read the first half and the second half of the introduction to what may be that book. So off we go, and I'm going to rattle papers here, and if I make a mistake, I'm just going to keep plowing on. When did you know you wanted to be a writer? It's that question more than any other. I have no answer, because it didn't happen that way. Writing snuck up on me. It began with my mom. She read to me, then taught me to read on my own, then kept the house stocked with books from the local library. At four or five years old, I typed up a story about an elf and a cat, but this is hardly Mozart composing symphonies. In grade school, we did haikus, and I enjoyed that. In fifth grade, I wrote and illustrated a rhyming poem about the Civil War. It was plangent and naive. My seventh-grade English teacher gave me my first free-writing assignments. I wrote a piece of short fiction and a poem about football. Allowed to create scenes and characters and arrange words without constraint, I felt a visceral thrill in the act of creation, then returned immediately to shooting squirrels, slamming helmets at football practice, and doing dumb stuff in pickup trucks. But a seed had been planted. For several years thereafter, I wrote poems for my grandma and gave them to her for Christmas. More than once, I wrote them all the night before, a sign of things to come. I hand-lettered them on typewriter paper and decorated them with cut-out pictures and doodles. Grandma framed and posted them on a wall opposite her front door so no visitor could avoid them. Reviewing them decades later, I was reminded that precocious does not equal professional. I'm also deeply grateful to Grandma 
Years later, I would discover she yearned to write, but as the youngest girl in a large family, was pushed in other directions. After she died, I found some of her work in a box. Reading it, I felt the same desire for self-expression that bloomed so unexpectedly in my knuckle-headed heart, and I was again gobsmacked at my luck and privilege. In my freshman year of college, despite the fact that to this day I bat below the Mendoza line on who slash whom and can't diagram a sentence any better than I can rebuild a carburetor, but apparently absorbed grammar and syntax after years of reading everything from All Quiet on the Western Front to the back of the Cheerios box, I tested out of English 101 and into English 112, where instead of the usual grammar flogging, the professor critiqued our Chaucer essays through the medium of a margina- marginalia, marginalia, sometimes you got to look these words up before you start recording them, Mr. Big Words. The professor critiqued our Chaucer essays through the medium of a marginalia-spouting cartoon frog named Ribute. What a break. Had I wound up in English 101 where I belonged and been forced to identify split infinitives and suplex pluperfects, I can't even remember if a suplex pluperfect is something real or if I just made that up. I know either way, I don't know what it is. Had I wound up in English 101, had I wound up, the wind is blowing so hard I'm worried the garage is going to leave. Had I wound up in English 101 where I belonged and been forced to identify split infinitives and suplex pluperfects, I might never have written another line of poetry in my life, let alone magazine articles or books. More critically, it is not out of the question that my grade point would have dropped below what the School of Nursing would accept. Instead, I dodged the pedantics and was instead graded on Ribute's creative curve, thus clearing the GPA hurdle required by the School of Nursing, where, in the dread name of liberal arts, I filled a humanities credit through the random selection of a creative writing class, wherein we journaled, composed poetry, and, for the first time in my life, I had to sit there and listen while other people told me out loud what they thought of my writing. The professor was unsparing. I don't care if your grandma died he told one student, everybody's grandma dies. There was much wilting and withering, but when it came my turn, I was surprised by my reaction. Rather than becoming upset, I reverted to my football practice mentality. Hit him harder, the coach would yell, and I'd drop into a three-point stance and lurch off the line like a dumb butt-tasered steer. This line right here, said the professor, waving my poem before the class and stabbing it with a pen. This line needs to be cut, stomped, and abused. I neither wilted nor withered. In my head, I was already in my three-point stance. That night, I sat in my room and hit that poem high, low, and in the knees, and then hit it again, made it do wind sprints, wallered it around in the mud. Next class, the professor said, There you go. And all I wanted to do was do it again. And scene. Next week I'll read the second half, the the conclusion of the introduction. I mean, the fact that you're listening means you already know how it all wound up or we wouldn't be sitting here. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening and uh, through 100 episodes and now into 101, and I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm just going to say what they always say up there where I'm from, which is, well...
I suppose. Forward. <laughs>